0: Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush One of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK
1: Irish hey, Nation, we are hitting double digit weeks on Fast Action Friday As always, it's me, Pitsy, and Rob is here with you too How are you doing, buddy?
2: I am. I'm very good. Um, It's just getting a little bit colder now, so um, I've been doing all my research, pretty much wearing my dressing gown and multiple layers, so hopefully after all that, the facts will be a little bit hotter than it has been here.
1: No, you need to get yourself back over to West Yorkshire, buddy, because it is glorious sunshine and I'm just sat in my t-shirt right now.
2: I mean, once the travel restrictions are lifted, um, then yeah, I reckon we can cross the board and we'll, we'll get back over there, maybe do some recording over there sometime.
1: Yeah, get this uh, COVID out of the way, and the sunshine's always blazing in West Yorkshire, so yeah, sort it out, mate. (laughs) Right, Rush Nation, straight into Fast Action Friday then. Uh, As always, we start with the injury report. First on the list is CMC. He came back for that one game and decided that was it. Uh, As Stocks and Murph reported on on their flagship show, um, he's got a shoulder injury. The update from Ian Rappaport is... Uh, he's not trained this Wednesday. He's looking doubtful for Tampa. I think CMC's wanting a second opinion, which also is, for me, is bad bad news. I think when you're asking for a second opinions on, on injuries, it could mean that someone's already said that it could could need surgery. So one to watch out for that week. Um, looking to be Mike Davis and Curtis Samuel stepping up again to try and replace the Pro Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be so disheartening for CMC to be out for so long. Uh, Particularly, the the injury seems to have come into a different area than the one he had originally. Um, I mean, hopefully it's better news, but we're just going to have to see what happens. Um, Not being able to train on Wednesday and getting the second opinion doesn't sound good. Um, Kind of came at the worst time as well because Mike Davis seemed to be running out a little bit of steam before CMC came back. So hopefully he can pick his game back up. But I know that there are people out there who will be excited to see Curtis Samuel keeping his involvement in the Russian game as much as he has been. He has been uh, a leading light in that in that team for the last few weeks. It's going to be it's going to be good to keep him doing what he's doing.
1: Yeah, that offense seems to be uh, slowly picking up the pace and they, uh ticking over nicely. So mm-hmm. Samuel getting back in, involved in games is good news.
2: Oh yeah, and uh, all they need to do oh, now sorry. is pick up uh, DJ Moore now, you know, get him back to where they want him to be.
1: Yeah, and then you've got a, a full-powered offence going, so that'll be, that'll be good. Yeah. Obviously, you just need CMC back and help them, and then you, you'll be cooking. Uh, second player, David Johnson, he left the game against the Jags with concussion. Uh, Duke Johnson took over, played okay. DJ has not trained Wednesday, so he's likely still going to be in the concussion protocol. and um, His game status is up in the air, and it looks like Duke will be taking the reins against the Browns.
2: And he didn't look too bad um, when he got uh, full control. I think he scored a Russian touchdown as well, which is great for him. Um, interestingly enough, the Texans seem to have used the fewest Russian personnel um, there was DJ, there's been Duke, there's been Deshaun Watson, maybe one other player as well. So it's um, uh, all eyes on who is going to be the backup there. Um, could there be a, a signing in this week or someone brought up from the practice squad? And um, it's it's going to be one to watch out for. Deshaun Watson is a good runner anyway. So it will be nice to see him getting a few more carries. Um, but like I said, it's all going to be up in the air before Sunday.
1: Cool. All right. Antonio Gibson, he did not practice on Wednesday due to a shoulder injury. Uh, something to monitor for the rest of the week. Well, it was a tough matchup against the Eagle D. Uh, Peyton Barber could be in line for an uptick in carries, as well as more work for JD McKissick uh, as the
2: pass catcher. McKissick uh, got a huge load after... Um... After Alex Smith came into the game, it was just a really good safety valve for Smith to dump the ball off to. Um, I believe McKissie got most of his targets uh, after Alan went out of the game. Yeah, if Gibson can get back into practice, I think it will be business as usual. But yeah, the Eagles D, we already talked about Zeke a couple of weeks ago, finding it tough against the Philadelphia uh, pass rush. It could well be the same again this week. But um, I know that Murph has put McKissick in as one of his streamer um, stream options yeah. and waiver wire options as well. So um, that's certainly one to watch out for.
1: Nice. Okay. Well, Cam Newton is next up. He had issues with his neck against the Jets. He took a big uh, hit early on in the game. Just something to keep an eye on, uh, as it could mean that Jared Stidham's stepping in against the Ravens.
2: Yeah, um, Cam Newton has played with injuries before, as as the Panthers have found out last season. Um, But at least he's been a bit more honest about this one. Um, It's going to be a tough time, whoever is taking uh, the ball from the centre there. It's been very difficult for the Patriots to throw the ball. And we know that Newton is using his feet a lot more. Stidham doesn't really have the same effect that Newton does in that area. So this could be a a blowout um, on the Ravens' behalf. You know, just taking it to the Patriots and could well be another loss. For, for Bill
1: yeah it depends it'll be uh, interesting if Lamar can actually uh, live up to his higher draft pick um, for fantasy value mm, yeah. see if he actually gets a game going obviously he's come out this week saying that he's uh, overhearing defences already know what they're going to play so that's a little concerning they need to start mixing things up and getting uh, getting that ball moving in the uh, Ravens offence
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: Right, we also have a few injury return update on players who have been out before as well with their bye weeks. So Joe Mixon wasn't involved in team drills but has been rehabbing um, on the side. So depending on how he goes and with his progress, it could be another week for Gio Bernard. Uh, Miles Sanders also came back to practice in a limited fashion, but even for better for the Eagles was that Alshon Jeffrey returned to practice too. Um, the Browns saw Austin Hooper return as well as Nick Chubb so they've both been oh, Chubb des- hasn't been has been designated from IR yet so that's one to kind of keep an eye on to see if he's going to get that taken off uh, something else that might affect one of the games this weekend will be all the COVID things to go with So that's, uh, Steelers had Vance McDonald test positive so there was a few players that then were Closed down because they were close to him. So the key key players were Big Ben and the backup running back Jalen Samuels. So just keep an eye on that status for that game too.
2: Yeah, but on the other side of that ball as well, one of the Bengals defensive backs, Winston Rose, was also out, which meant that the Bengals DBs had to stay away from practice as well. So you've got um, big offensive players missing on one side of the ball, but you know big defensive players missing on the other side of the ball. So, if it's Big Ben who can come back, or if it's Mason Rudolph, it could be good news for them. Um, we'll just have to see how how that one pans out as well. Because, as we know, there's been a few instances of false positives, and you know people being able to come back sooner than they expected. Um, a, a big case, Matthew Stafford last week. He was in, he was out, and then he was in again. Um, th- this could be, you know, a big game for the Steelers, keeping that run going, and you, I, you'd ideally want the big offensive players, to be there as well.
1: Yeah, I think luckily for this game, with it being uh, Bengals-Steelers, it's not travelling across across the full uh, United States. So it's just a, a trip up, up, up road, as they say. In the north.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, hopefully that means that they've got time to be able to get the test done and make sure no one's uh, missing time. Cool. All right, then let's move on to weak points. Okay, this is the time where we discuss uh, certain teams that are weak in areas against certain positions. So who have we got starting off with, Rob?
2: We have got the team who are still at the top of the pile for conceding points to quarterbacks. However, it's not the Atlanta Falcons anymore. It is the Seattle Seahawks. They have jumped up. The defeat to the Bills, yeah, it was a huge one. Allen went to town with not only the passing touchdowns, but with the running touchdowns as well. And the step up uh, is a big one, even though there's still less than a point average between the the Seattle Seahawks and the Falcons as well. The Seahawks have got the Rams this week. The Falcons are on the bye. So it's looking likely that the Seahawks are going to be stuck up at the top again. Jared Goff has got a variety of weapons at his disposal. He has got a bit of a questionable tag on Cooper Cup. There was a bit of a knee injury discussion there. As we saw uh, before the buy, Coop was used a ton of times against the Dolphins. Plus you've got uh, Bobby Trees as well. You've got uh, Josh Reynolds, who's been starting to feature in a little bit more. Um, And then you've also got the Titans as well, which is a bit up in the air at the moment. You've got Everett getting the targets. You've got Higby getting the targets. You've got Johnny Munt getting the targets now. You've got to add him into the equation. They don't seem to pass all that much to the running backs. They've got one passing touchdown between all three of them. Um, I think the main worry for the Seahawks has got to be the wide receivers, as we will talk about in a little bit.
1: Um, Going up into the running back column then, so... Detroit Lions got absolutely destroyed by the Vikings in Dalvin Cook. Uh, the second most rushing yards, highest receiving touchdowns to running backs, the fourth highest running backs touches in the red zone, fifth highest running back targets in the red zone. So that's running backs running and catching. So mm. it's uh, a bit tough. This week they play Washington, and that's going to be a close game. Uh, I think Gibson's getting a lot of carries as long as he's back from injury, but then as we've spoken about, so McKissick and that connection that he's got with Alex Smith could be uh, could be huge, and last week he got 14 targets and 9 receptions. So, yeah, it's a big uh, one. Yeah, big one to watch.
2: Yeah, um, you know, what I was going to say, Dalvin's been dominant against everyone, but <laughs> um, yeah, Antonio Gibson might not be to the calibre of Cook, if he's fit. I mean, Peyton Barber's certainly isn't um it's all going to be about those pass catching touchdowns if if, because it gets the action that we're expecting then oh it's going to be huge
1: tasty that's for sure
2: tasty indeed um let's have a look at the wide receivers seahawks they still top the list and as we just talked about before the bills destroyed them not only did they get two passing touchdowns against but it was 415 yards a huge amount and we did say last week that um there was a possibility that because uh, Josh Allen was a mobile quarterback and they had to watch the runs a bit more, there was going to be a bit more difficulty in the wide receivers. And we said that Kirk got the touchy, uh, the targets. We said that Fitzgerald got the targets. And that was clearly the case against the Bills as well. Diggs got 12 targets, caught nine of them for 118 yards. Brown got 11, caught eight of them for 99. And, you know, Gabriel Davis only got five targets, but caught four. For 70 yards and a touchdown, it was a big day for for all that offense there. And as we said before, they've got the Rams this week as well. So if Cup doesn't play because of that knee injury, which is unlikely because you know that there's been players who have played through knee injuries before, they've still got Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds, they've got Van Jefferson as well. They could be the main threats. It's all about that pre-snap movement, though. There's been a couple of times that they've shown in film that they've moved wide receivers away from a certain area to free up the space so that the running game can work well for the wide receivers and Bobby Trees has, has done remarkably well with getting rushing touchdowns so that could be one of the deadly parts of this um, Rams offence this weekend
1: Yeah, there's uh, it's starting to become a a thing as this wide receiver becoming a running back and you've got um, Debus Amio, you've got Uh, Robert Woods, you've got Kurt Samuel as well, and Mm. um, even Chase Claypool's been having a a play. So interesting to see that these uh, kind of gadget plays have been brought in more and more, which is cool to see.
2: Mm.
1: Right, uh, going on to tight ends. The Falcons, uh, they get back onto this list. Uh, The Seahawks seem to take over from everything that they used to be rubbish at, but uh, the Falcons are still top of this one. However, they are on a bye week this week. Denver did use Noah Fant early against Atlanta, but then he got injured so there wasn't that much to kind of go with from from them. But like I say, they're on a bye week. So stepping up, we've got Bengals who are in second place on this list. They face the Steelers. Uh, Ebron could benefit from this matchup, Depending on if Ben misses time, Mason Rudolph's going to need to use a tight end to dump the ball off. He just doesn't have the game like Ben does, so he'll need some roots behind the D-line to to help him out. However, I'm a little bit wary of Ebron. He's been hot and cold this season, mainly cold, and he seems to have dropped a lot of balls for some reason. Apart from his awesome touchdown this weekend, Mm, against the yeah. Cowboys where he uh, hurdle over them <laughs> besides that Bengals conceded three of their six touchdowns in one game to the Browns so their position here is a little misleading
2: yeah I think it was Harrison Bryant got two and then was it David and Duke have got one as well so you know half of their touchdowns came in one game so it kind of spreads out a little bit more along the season however we have got the Eagles who are third on the list and they are playing the Giants this week um And as Daniel Jones has also needed to dump the ball off, he's used Evan Ingram quite a lot. And Ingram's got first in the target share for the team. In the last three weeks, his lowest targets has been nine. And then he has been two weeks with 10. Um, Philly've got a stout rush defence. They're good on the blitz, big on sacks. So being able to use Ingram, I think, is going to be important this week as well. Um, Ingram's also seen nine targets in the red zone, which is actually the fifth highest um, behind Kelsey, Waller, Graham and Hawkinson. So if that continues, you never know, there could be a score for Ingram on the cards here as well. Caden Smith and Levine Toilolo have also seen targets in the last two weeks. Um, So perhaps the Giants are looking to get those Titans a little bit more involved. And this seems to be the perfect game to do it, bearing in mind where Philly are in terms of the standings against Titans.
1: Yeah, Ingram was uh, obviously a higher draft pick one that everybody was expecting to to do really well this season. He's starting to get back into it, a bit. A bit. He started. He was dropping a lot of balls as well, like um, mm. Ebron was. But he seems well. He got his touchdown last week, so he actually caught that one, which
2: is good. Right, Rose Nation. We are on to game the last few weeks, and Pitsy. I think we need to start off with yours because your pick last week went off.
1: Oh, it was beautiful. It was, it was great to see. Anyway. Um, Yes, I had Jacoby Myers. I said to you uh, last week that I wrote about him in my articles before the season, saying that he was going to be the one to step up because Nikhil Harry's well, it's just Harry, and he, he's not really doing anything. Now he's either injured or he's, he's just not been stepping up as like he has been. So I said that Myers is going to be the guy. Boy, did he repay me last week! 14 targets, 12 catches, 169 yards. Granted, he didn't get a touchdown, but he won me a few last-minute games with it being a Monday night game. It took me over, um, I think, three 3 games got the win with uh, his, his points for that game. So, yeah, super happy with that one. All right, and so my, my player this week, uh, he's hampered with a knee injury and he's been out of the lineup. And even when he has been playing, his injuries kind of slowed him down a little bit. Um, however, this last week, he's looked back to being healthy. And played with the team and well, he balled out, which was nice. Uh, he got 11 targets, eight receptions, 99 yards. He didn't get a touchdown, but uh, when he is in the lineup, the offense seems to be ticking. He is classed as the number two wide receiver in this position, uh, in sorry, in his team. And this week, we play a team that can score some points. So, this could be another one where the uh, quarterback's going to be having to throw a
2: mm-hmm. lot. And I think if I hadn't done the research at the top, it would have taken me a little bit longer, but we'd, we'd talked about how well the Buffalo Bills did <laughs> against uh, yes. the Seahawks and the, the player that did get the eight receptions to 99 yards is uh, Smokey Brown.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, he's, uh, yeah that's a good one. Looking to start picking back up. And I think, like I said, when he's actually in the, in the lineup, uh, the Bills seem to just tick that little bit sweeter. And I think, uh, with Diggs playing as well he is and then having uh john brown playing i think it just opens that offense up a little bit more and it it helps helps out big time
2: mm. i think you're absolutely right in that when he's in the, when he's there uh, especially against the, the cardinals it's going to be a big game um you know josh allen has has scored so many touchdowns with his feet i think he scored the most rushing touchdowns of any quarterback i think uh, Murph and Stocks mentioned it on the Tuesday pod this week but w- when they have to watch out for him as well it just gives so many more options for for the pass and yeah uh, I think Brown could come good for you again this week I think it's a great pick.
1: Nice try and who, who you had uh, Brandon Cooks last, last week how did he get
2: on? Uh, he, he did he did alright uh, and <laughs> I remember messaging you in the WhatsApp group just going Pitsy Brandon Cooks because <laughs> he just picked up that ball and gone for it It was it was beautiful so he yeah. got nine targets, which was, you know, uh, amongst the highest he's seen as well. He only caught three of them, but he got eighty three yards and a touchdown, and that came out as seventeen point three PPR points, which was enough for wide receiver twenty. Not my Ma- numbers, admittedly, but um, still, that that touchdown and-, and those yards, it was a great game for him.
1: Just imagine if he actually caught some of those passes as well.
2: Oh yeah. Um, so this week. Uh, my player has got the fourth highest target share in the team. He has the best completion ratio of anyone over 10 targets in his team. So that takes out the player who's caught one target and had one target. Um, he's got n- nearly 83% of his of his targets completed. Um, he has caught 100% of those targets in his last two games though. So seen seems in really good form. Uh, he sees action on both sides of the ball and he got his highest carry share last week. He has scored three touchdowns this season and he has benefited massively from a key offensive player being out. And that key offensive player is questionable to play this week. So if that player stays out, he's likely to see more opportunities. But if the player stays in, I reckon he's going to see more action anyway, because he's got a better rushing and receiving average than him anyway. This player could be a strong play as his opponent ranks in the bottom 10. At conceding yards and touchdowns to this position,
1: have we already spoken about him today as well?
2: We may have done. We may not have done. I think if I say <laughs> we have, we might give it away.
1: Uh, I'm thinking that this is uh, Curtis Samuel.
2: It is not Curtis Samuel.
1: Oh, I was thinking with CMC, how he's starting to tick over and he's getting the the rushing and the uh, mm. pass catching ability. So, all right, well, I'm out then. What, who who is it?
2: Well, it's funny. Funny you should say that because I actually wrote these clues, trying to get you to think about Curtis Samuel, but is in fact Chase Edmonds. Oh. yeah. So the Arizona running back. So on the other side of the ball for for your pick as well. So we, we might see our our both our picks going off in the same game this time. All right, that way that's good. Yeah. So the the key player out, Kenyon Drake. We don't know if he's going to be back this week. Um, he's still up in the air about his training at the moment. But Chase Edmonds got 25 carries last week. A huge amount, considering Kyler Murray's in that that offense as well. And the Bills do struggle quite a bit to slow down running backs. So that is why I've picked Chase Edmonds this week. Uh, Incidentally... John Brown is $5,300 on DraftKings and Chase Edmonds is $6,300 on DraftKings. So slightly more than yours. I think it's the first time I've picked someone who's been more expensive. But Very more we'll expensive. See, nice. Yeah, we'll have to see how those pan out.
1: Brilliant. No, that's great. It'll make it easier for us to keep an eye on that with it being in the same game too. Which <laughs> is cool. Right, Rob, it's your Friday fight, fade time. You had Tub girly faded last week. How did he get on
2: He got 53 yards. He got two receptions for two yards. He did get a rushing touchdown. So that did bring him up to 13 and a half PPR points, which I think is the highest one I've had so far. It is unfortunate because before Denver started chasing the game, Gurley wasn't seeing any opportunity to get into the red zone. And then Drew Locke got intercepted on the first play of one of his drives later on. And the ball got taken back to the 12 yard line one play later. Gurley runs it in from four yards. So that's where the touchdown came from. I think up until then, he was on about 6.9 PPR points. It wasn't wasn't a lot at all. He ended up as the RB12. It wasn't a high scoring week for many running backs. So because he finished in that top 12, I can't really claim this one as a fade because no one else did much better. Um, However, when you think about how he's played this season, then yeah, if the touchdown wasn't there, he'd have been a fade. Um, I think,
1: yeah, I think it's uh, it's just yeah tough that, that that player went back and he was able to have that opportunity at the goal line. Otherwise, I think that you'd have uh, scored off this one as well.
2: Mm. Mm. Now, we've already talked about my Friday feed this week and <laughs> we've already had a little bit of a uh, discussion about whether or not we think it's going to happen. But this is the first time I've chosen a wide receiver and it is a big one. I have chosen DK Metcalf. Mm. Go on, tell us why then. So, obviously, we know he's, he's been making a lot of noise recently. Multiple touchdowns, massive yards. This week, Seattle play the Rams. Uh, the Rams have conceded the lowest yards to wide receivers, and they are the only team to keep opposing wide receivers below 1,000 yards in the games they've played. They've also only conceded four passing touchdowns, which is the third best behind, surprisingly, The Washington football team and Chicago, um, and they're equal to the Baltimore Ravens, another great defense. However, one of those touchdowns was a toss pass to Debo Samuel. So technically, I want to say it was a run, but it was technically a pass. Yeah, Metcalf, multiple touchdowns, big yards. So it's likely that if Jalen Ramsey's fit, Ramsey will be assigned to him. And at the start of the season, Ramsey was ranked first against receivers in the top 12 uh, for the last few years. And as it stands, he's only conceded 0.57 yards per snap, which is tied for fourth with Jair Alexander of the Packers. Now, when Rams defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, was asked about whether or not Ramsey was going to cover Metcalf, he said that no decision has been made about whether he's going to stick him to Metcalf or whether he's going to roam about keeping the coverages uh, different. But what he did say was it is a matchup between two elite players and this is what gets you excited about pro sports. And, you know, we've got to agree it's going to be such a a big uh, fight between those two players if if they do end up playing uh, against each other. It's also been recognised by the Seattle Seahawks as well. Pete Carroll has also said that the Rams are using Ramsey as the best player the way that Arizona has done for years with Patrick Peterson. He is a playmaker. And interestingly enough, the one game where Metcalf hasn't been top of the Seattle receiving yards was against the the Arizona Cardinals, who Patrick Peterson plays for. Had a massive role uh, against Metcalf. Peterson got an interception in that game. Metcalf only saw five targets in that game. Caught only two for 23 yards. So that is his lowest performance of the season. One where he's been man-marked pretty much the whole game. Instead, Tyler Lockett had a massive game uh, that week. As we all know, he got 20 targets, 15 receptions, 200 yards, three touchdowns. It's his biggest performance of the season. So with comments like that from staff on both sides, they know that Ramsey's going to be a problem in this game for DK Metcalf. And it's either the, the chances will be that the Seahawks will move DK around or that they will tell Russell Wilson to look elsewhere for the targets because Ramsey's that big of a threat. So this game could be great news for title locker owners or owners of other wide receivers in that group like David Moore or Freddie Swain. Could be good for owners of the tight ends like Hollis and Disney and Olsen, but it could be an issue for Metcalf. And the the stats for the Rams and Jalen Ramsey's involvement has caused me to go for a fade on Metcalf this week.
1: Very bold. Very bold indeed. I kind of listened to it. I kind of sort of agree with you, but then they also, like, we talked about, well, you talked about when uh, Patrick Peterson covered Metcalf. He only saw the five targets, and then Tyler Lockett went off. You see, that's going to be the issue that Rams have got. Like, they want him to keep Metcalf like that, like, one-on-one with him and bottle him up but then risk having Lockett go off. I think, I suppose, the one thing that they do have is that front line that can pressure Wilson. And you saw how the Bills got to Wilson and kind of intercepted him a few times with uh, pressuring him a lot. So, interesting. It'll mm-hmm. be uh, one to watch. I think, for me, as a Metcalf truther, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like this pick. And I think it, it depends on... I suppose it depends on how... How they go about it do they really want to let lock it loose um, or are they going to have to try and come up with a way of covering them both but easier said than done here mm.
2: I think one thing we can agree on is it's going to be a high calibre game high octane game with passes going all over the place from the sounds of it
1: yes I can't wait that it'll be a great one to watch that one. I'll be looking forward to that
2: hopefully seeing
1: lots of it on Red Zone <laughs> yeah well, Rush Nation, that wraps up another week of Fast Action Friday. As usual, keep an eye out for the new articles on the website and through social media.
2: Uh, if you want to keep uh, looking for articles, uh, I'm sharing them all the time on at 5 Um
1: I'll be sharing them through uh, Pitsy NFL. And obviously, it's all through the 5 Yard. Uh, Twitter handle of at five yard rush as well.
2: Cheers, Pitsy It has been another blast. We've flown through this one. Um, yep.
1: Cheers, mate. Thank you. No problem.
2: Uh, join us again next week for week 11's Fast Action Friday. Until then, keep rushing.